Man, oh man, this is the Pals show. Wow. Oh my God. When I come here every week and I'm like stressed out and then I hear our music, Valerie Heffron, I'm like so zen. I mean, I feel like I need to light some candles and chill out. But then I remember that wouldn't work because I'm Tommy D and I'm out of control. What's up, gang? It's your boy, the nonprofit sector connector. And this show is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. It's E's show. It's Val's show. It's Tommy's show. More importantly, though, it's your show. This is your Professionals and Animal Lovers show. And every single week at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we come to you to do a couple of things. We come to you to educate you, to illuminate you. Illuminate? How do you illuminate people, Tommy? Do you, well, we're going to figure that out. We got 59 minutes to figure out how you illuminate people. But we come together to help you understand how important it is to advocate on behalf of animals. I will tell you something that if you've ever listened to this program, you already know. But, oh, that's the Long Island Railroad. That's another thing you need to know. Hello, train. The train will be here. There it is. Hello. I got to go. That's my ride. Look. My friend Michael Goldberg tells me if there's an elephant in the room, you got to introduce it. So if there's a train in your backyard, you got to introduce it. And that's what I do. So this show, look, I'm the uh, I'm the least smart one in the room. I don't know about this animal advocacy stuff. It's not rolling your eyes at me. I don't. I know I'm super smart. Like, I'll tell you all about it. Just call me, Bell. No, but like it's when it comes to the topics we discuss on this show, straight up, not my forte. So I'm learning constantly and consistently every week we come together and i learn and uh you know valerie teaches me a bunch and our guests teach us a bunch and we all learn together and i think the community at large is better for it the community of people who are advocates on behalf of animals and those who just like animals you know like who maybe don't get out there and advocate but are just all about caring for animals and you know we you know val and i were talking about a couple of other topics the other day and i mean Gosh, from a compassionate perspective and from a love perspective, and a lot of us at the end of the show, we put up our little hearts and our guest today, he was doing it even before the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, like how, like how's a person compassionate if they don't care about animals, right? Val's got this whole focus on uh, voters for the voiceless, right? These are, these are creatures that can't protect themselves and, and we need uh, to be there to do so. So let me just tell you how this, how, here's what we think. I'm, I got too many ideas in my head at exactly the same time. Which it might be difficult to listen to, but try living like this. Try being me. You think, oh my God, he doesn't stop. No, because it's like constantly going. But look, Valerie and I know each other for a whole bunch of years. And we came together with this idea because Val said, I want to do a show again. And this is that show. And so she actually sent me a text message because we only talk three times a day. So I needed the text message as well to make sure I hit upon some of the finer points of what we wanted to say. But before uh, before I even go into introducing our guest and, and also telling you more about our vision, I want to tell you this. So this is like my notes. So I'm just going to like read it like I'm like I'm in uh, like this is like Macbeth and I'm an actor. Valerie and I are thrilled to share that we over, have had over 25,000 people watch and listen to our show. The Professionals and Animal Lovers show. I know all this. I don't need to. Hello, pom-poms. The pom-poms have made their debut. <laughs> debut. We've been doing this show since September of 2021, which is only, I, I'll ask our executive producer on the other side, I'll ask Val, 14, four months, but have 14, how many episodes? Like four months. Four months times four, times, uh, maybe like 15-ish or so. We've, and and we have a ton of people that are digging the show and, and watching what we're doing. So look, we've decided to create this opportunity that we think is a win-win and really engage with sponsors uh, people who are close to the community, close to this advocacy community, have brands that are supportive of the community. And, you know, we're looking to uh, certainly help bring awareness for what we're doing here and also bring awareness to brands that are on point or that I would say are on brand with what we're doing. So um, if you want to be in the eyes and ears of animal lovers, pet owners, just reach out to us. You can get us uh, Jovi at Pal Show dot com and uh, that's Jovi by the way that's that that guy always, <laughs> always trying to take the attention over there that's Jovi the dog but uh and and you can also find us on uh on social media stuff pal show p a l show um and uh, I mean I, uh, I just have me? to say if I had if I were a pet store or if I had a pet product or service 
you know, whether it's um, doggy daycare or whether you manufacture cute, you know, cat and dog uh, outfits or uh, food or whatever. I mean, I, our audience is comprised of animal lovers and pet and or pet owners and people out there making differences in the, in the world of animal welfare. So people who run not-for-profits and rescues, people who are advocating legislatively for better uh, animal welfare laws. You know, these are our people. This is our tribe. This is our wolf pack. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's like, uh, oh, that's like the Hangover movie, right? With, with yeah. Zach Galifianakis, which is hysterical. Oh. How can we ever get through a segment of this show without me referencing a movie? So <laughs> no, it, never, it, never. we won't. It's funny you say that, Val, because my intention especially as the weather gets warmer, because it's like 30 degrees today. So as it hits the 40s, you know, here on Long Island, no, uh, kidding aside, I intend to go out and do kind of uh, on uh, man on the street type of interviews with local shelters, with uh, with local businesses that cater towards our community. So see, you'll see some of that coming in. And maybe that'll be an opportunity to open up some uh, some creative strategic partnerships, which is important to me. Look, we believe that the bond between animal lovers is as equally strong as a bond between pets and their owners, right? People who are the caretakers for these animals. And we'll learn today, sometimes owners of animals are not, um, not owners forever. Sometimes there's foster situations. Sometimes there's adoption situations. And sometimes there's emails coming in because somebody didn't shut off his, his Microsoft Outlook before, before the show started. So that happens too. That's probably somebody that needs a pet rescued and they're probably reaching out to us. So we'll have to check that. Look, um, We're thrilled to have you here on the show. I'm going to read a little bit of background. We'll dive into the show. Uh, We're going to learn about your organization. We're going to learn about the work you're doing. Um, I found out, as I told you earlier, talk about emails. I got an email in my inbox from qnsqueens.com, and they had done a story on your rescue. And I think what I did, I was because I'm, I was probably looking for a phone number. I didn't find a phone number, so I went to the Facebook and you know the Facebook. Look, E and Val. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg called it the Facebook in that movie. So I'm just trying to keep it real to what that happened. I know everybody laughs at me. And yes, I do say this stuff tongue in cheek because it make people laugh. And they're like, he's like an old bumpkin. He doesn't know. So, but all that aside on the Facebook, I did find your organization and I reached out and I was like, Val, you need to talk to E. I don't know much about their organization, but you guys got to connect. So make that all happen. And they did. So here's the thing. I'm reading this right off of some information you provided. We are dedicated. The name of the organization is Ridgewood Rescue. It says we are dedicated to the, to the stray cats. That's not like a, isn't that a band? Was that a band? Well, yeah. <laughs> <Was that> a band? <laughs> We're dedicated to the stray cats of Ridgewood, Queens. Yes, everybody, I tell you on this show, my other show, Queens, definitely my favorite borough. And I'm sure like the Bronx and Staten Island don't even care that I say that. But I'd like to say it because Queens is my borough. Um, we are an all-volunteer group of TNR-certified individuals practicing trap, neuter, plus vaccines and ear tip, and then return for the feral colonies and then placing these sociable, sociable strays into foster and eventually forever homes. So that's cool. So there's this whole give and take there. Like some of these animals, you're keep, they're going to be outside animals and some that can come into the house. And, and I know Valerie certainly has some, uh, some experience in that, you know, bringing in some of the outside animals. Um, why this comes to me now is that scene in um, uh, the one with Ben Stiller, uh, the Fockers, okay, mm-hmm. the Fockers mm-hmm. movie, when Mr. Jinx goes missing, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. the Fokker, and then he brings in that other cat, and that cat, like, destroys that, like, office area with, like, the yeah. wedding dress and, like, wreaks havoc. So my point is, at least from that movie, which is a great movie, if you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been, but <laughs> you should see that movie. <laughs> And don't bring in strays that will destroy your house. That's just a little. Well, in all fairness, that what I did? Ate, ate like a hundred milligrams of nicotine gum. Oh, he chewed the nicotine gum. I forgot that part. <laughs> That's an important part. Just saying. No, that is a very important part. So, okay. So you can bring in strays, but here is the public service announcement. Don't feed them nicotine gum. Thank you, Valerie. Very good point. Well I was a, I, that was an oversight on my part. E, welcome to the show. Welcome to me. the show. How are you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Sitting in my foster room, I'm pretty excited because my foster came out. Okay. While I was here. 
what, we've what, only had him a couple name? of weeks, so he's decompressing, but that's what's his name? name? Geralt. Geralt. The Witcher. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, that? Oh, there's a, a Netflix show called The Witcher, and one of my rescue partners who helped me trap him when we got him was mid-binge on that show. <laughs> and he's a very light orange cat, and The Witcher is a light blonde big man. So oh, <laughs> oh man. I feel like that's half the fun. I feel like naming animals in general, but um where I used to live, there was a pretty uh problematic area for um ferals and strays and you know kittens. Um so while we were trapping and and we hired a trapper because I'm quite terrible at it to be honest. I think within a week we we got about 15 and we named every single one. And wow. One that I was, I, I cannot even tell you, it's the largest cat I've, I had ever seen outside of like, you know, something on TV. But we, it was my first drop trap. Mm. And for anyone who doesn't know, there's different kinds of traps. There's like kitten traps and there's cat traps and then there's drop traps. What's the difference of them? Tell us, Give, break it down. So, well, kittens, kitten traps are just smaller traps and, you know, you really want to give it the right amount of space and the, the smaller, the more enclosed they are, the, the safer they feel. So once they're trapped, you're like throwing a blanket over it right away. So it's dark and that helps comfort them too. Uh, a regular cat trap is meant for just like a regular adult cat. Um, it's, it's larger, obviously, than a kitten trap. And then there's, for, for the cats that are trap savvy uh, or difficult to trap because there's a strong likelihood that they've either almost been trapped before or they even were trapped before but you can't tell and um once a cat has been trapped they become very leery you know of them so a drop trap (laughs) it's like this giant square trap it's probably like what four by four would you say like four feet they come in different sizes but they're pretty big they're pretty yeah like are you just gonna like get over the cat and like drop it on them no (laughs) well it it stands on a stick like picture the cartoon where there's like a box standing on top of the stick yeah 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 yeah. and there's like a string (laughs) yeah so you hide basically or you try to get enough distance between yourself and the trap so the cat's not on to the fact that there's someone else involved and you put food underneath and when they when the time is right and they're like completely underneath eating you pull the string the, the trap drops down and then you have to fly over cuz they will get out they cuz it's not it doesn't have a does it have like a bottom or now is it just like a no bottom, bottom. so how no do, bottom. Oh, this is a trip man like i was already going to i was already going to make a commitment on the show like i tend to do and i always keep my commitments like e i'm coming out and doing one of these things do you. it oh, yes i'm totally going to do it it's i mean a i won't experience I was the whole thing of I, I, you know, I might, you know, I have allergies because we talk about it a lot on the show. Yes. Only to, to, to felines. Yeah, but yeah. I, I will eat like a whole bunch of, of Benadryl. Zyrtec. Like, no, but so, Zyrtec. so Zyrtec. check yeah. this out though. So the cat I trapped, the largest cat I've ever seen, he was going ballistic. I was peeing my pants because I was like, I'm <laughs> and anyway, I named him Shaq. It was like one of the best names. <laughs> Great name. That's a cool yeah, name. Thank you. <laughs> May I so, add a note on drop traps? Yeah. yeah. First of all, they're very woody woodpecker. So if that's the impression you get, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but um, drop traps are super useful as well if you're working on a big colony and you've already trapped and fixed some and you want to target specific cats so mm. that you're avoiding re-trapping cats that have already been fixed and spooking mm. everybody else. So yeah. um, that's when drop traps come really in handy. Yeah. We got three kittens in one in one. Uh, wow, nice. Once, yeah. I feel like, see, I, I like, I like. You're gonna get mad at me now. Well, maybe you guys won't, but other people mm-hmm. who might listen to the show may be upset. I like to go fishing sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and and we've gone like with my kids, like crabbing and stuff like that. Like to catch like three is like that's like you're like a champion, and then yeah. but like but this is <laughs> like this is for a different end game, you know. It's not <laughs> right. Not, not gonna end up being well. Anyway, it's just different. <laughs> so. A different kind of catch and release. Yeah. 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 So I can't wait to really get into and dive into the, your specific uh, rescue and mission and, you know, where you are with that and how we can all help you um, and the organization. I'm especially grateful to you for helping, you know, these these 
for gorgeous, sweet companion animals that really just need some basic humanity <laughs> in their lives. Um, but I'm, I'm thrilled and I really can't wait to get into it. I know we've got to go to break. We do. We do. But before we do, E, okay. yes. 30 seconds. Tell me why did this even happen? Like, what did you see that was like, we got to do something here? 30 seconds is not enough. But it is, we have to tease people. Yeah, no problem. We're going to tease uh, them back. Sure, sure. Well, honestly, it all started when my wife and I found some kittens in our own backyard. And, you know, we luckily have a lovely vet in our neighborhood that talked us through what to do to keep our resident cat safe, but also get the kittens out of the cold and into a safe place. Um, so that was my first experience with saving strays in Ridgewood. And since then, I've met some amazing folks. I learned about TNR because um, I, I wasn't aware of what TNR was. And we decided that, you know, if the resources are going to exist for our community, somebody needs to make them. Somebody and that's them. where we're going to leave it. We're going to tease you guys right on the edge of excitement. We'll be right back. E. Garcia is here. Valerie Heffron is here. Your boy, Tommy D. We're in the attic. We're everywhere. We'll be right back. Pals. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. I'm so calm. I'm so mellow. Here we are on the pal show. Your pals, professional <laughs> Adam Lover show. Sometimes I just break out into song, you know, and and that's how just, that is. Wow, wow, it's like that, like that. That's nice. Imagine if we were like in a real studio, like together, and you were so mean. That would not be cool <laughs> at all. At all. You know, I'm, I have a, a fragile ego, and you're picking on me, Valerie. I'm Tommy D. This is pals. That's Val. E. Garcia is here as our guest representing Ridgewood Rescue. All right, so here's the deal. You and your wife, you see these kittens, you have a, like a house cat, like a domestic cat. I think that's what I caught towards the end of the break or before the break. So, and you see these kittens, which I'll tell you, look, I would probably like cats if they didn't make me sneeze so bad and have to like scratch and itch the back of my head. But like kittens are so freaking cute. And we had a friend on the show a bunch of months back and she was telling us um, that kittens, you don't get as allergic to kittens. Now I have not, try this out yet because like because i don't want to sneeze and stuff but you see these beautiful little kittens right and you said your your vet local vet kind of hooked you guys up as well like tell us that story like how does this become not your problem but how does this become your mission and something you guys wanted to make an impact on of course so you know dealing with the kittens was the easy part that was fun 
Um, we luckily the vet was able to talk us through, you know, how to take them in safely. And they squeezed us in before they technically opened the very next day. Um, we had to pay for it out of pocket, but, um, you know, we decided we were going to take on the responsibility and hopefully whoever adopted them could help, uh, cover some of the expenses that, that we incurred taking care of them. But the issue came when we were calling around to local rescues and nobody could help us with the mom who was feral. But um, we at least wanted to see if somebody could fix her or or do something for her. But yeah. all of the rescues are overwhelmed. I'm sure yep. you're you're aware. So that yeah. was our first experience with strays in the neighborhood. Let me just ask you something about the rescues <laughs> being overwhelmed because you know Valerie and I talk a lot about what goes on in on on Long Island, where I am, and I mean, geographically, physically, Queens is part of the island, but, you know, everybody who's listening probably understands the difference. You know, Queens being part of the city, uh, I don't even, I, I've not done the research, and I don't know if Val has either, but what what is the setup in the city? Are they mainly city-run organizations? Are they, um, you know, are they individually run? Like, what was your experience in, in doing that and finding out? Well, back then, I didn't know as much as I do now. So I'll preface this yep. with yeah. by saying that. But there's a lot of different types of animal welfare organizations in the city. Um, there's, of course, the, the ACC and the ASPCA, which are you know city-run. But then there's a lot of awesome local cat rescue groups, kind of like mm-hmm. Ridgewood Rescue, which is why we kind of decided to go this route, because we mm-hmm. saw that this was something that was being done in other neighborhoods. So, um, and then also additionally, I've learned that there are a lot of TNR certified individuals who get certified just to deal with the strays in their own yard or the strays on their own block. So they're not even like an association or an organization. They're like an individual person who's like, we got to do something. Exactly. So I have a couple of quick questions. Like, so what the logistics because when I, I I was never in the city although I'm very apprised of the NYC ACNC not a fan that's the municipal shelter for Manhattan and all boroughs you trap a cat and let's say that they actually have an opening for TNR or something where are you physically going to where do you have to take like how how many miles is it even feasible so I personally have not taken a cat to the ACC or the ASPCA because they're not accepting new TNR signups because the people that are already do already have accounts can hardly even get appointments. Wow. Okay. They are. So how many years ago is this that you started? Well, we found the kittens in 2018, but I didn't start the rescue or anything until literally this past November. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, I read that. I read that. I was just curious because, you know, um, Case in point, both you and I uh, probably started getting really involved and aware just a handful of years ago. And and there's so many people that are my age or even older and they haven't heard about this stuff. And and it's never too late. You know, that's my message. Like, it's never too late to get involved. It's never too late. You can become a certified trapper if you want to help. You can uh, even, of course, donating money is always great. But there's also things and items that people can donate. Like right now, my heart breaks because I know that there's been such an explosion in the feral cat population and it's winter and they they can freeze. Um, and if they can't find shelter, you know, um, they're going to take shelter in places that a lot of times is bad for them, like underneath the hoods of your car. And so even donating things like shelters, a lot of people don't know, like, for 20 bucks, or even if you make one, it's so inexpensive, but you can create actually a place that will give shelter to an animal who really needs them. Sorry. I I... no, that's okay. If I can drop some, some resources along with that note, I, and all of my board members, there's four of us, we all got certified through a group called neighborhood cats in collaboration Mm -hmm. with the community cats podcast. They do their TNR certifications about once a month and they're virtual now and they are extremely informative, a really great way to learn more about trapping and how to safely TNR feral cats. Mm -hmm. So if that is something you're interested in, definitely go check them out. And then with the shelters, as you said, Val, you can make them extremely affordably, even with things that you have laying around. So one of the best things that we've used to create shelters are 
styrofoam coolers, Mm -hmm. which are naturally insulative. So when a cat is inside, their body heat warms it and it it keeps them warm. Um, And it's super easy to make. We did a really fun volunteer event where we built a bunch of shelters for strays in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this organization. I think it's Bidioe. 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 They have an awesome cat shelter building workshop that's free as well. All right. So a couple of things. First of all, I'm sharing this stuff on 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 the Facebook as we okay, talk great. about. <laughs> right. So neighborhoodcats.org. I want to make sure that's the right one, right? Like purple and like I'll show you. Actually, I shared it too. Um, and then the other thing is uh, just let me know when I'm coming out. We're going to build some of these shelters because I'm all in. I'm, okay. I'm, on, I'm on a campaign, a mission to do 60 days in service for nonprofits, and your organization being a nonprofit certainly fits in, and, and that might keep me from sneezing if I'm just building the houses. Exactly. There's no way Val lets me get away with not going out and trapping. And, and you having, have to trap. You, no, have no, to, no. you have to do the drop trap. I was writing an essay yesterday for a nonprofit that I, I do some work with out here on the island, and, and they were talking about waiters. They had waiters like the, not 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 the individual who brings you you know your buffalo wings, but <laughs> like the you strap on your waiters as you're going to go. And it made me laugh because I still have to hook up with our friend John D. Leonardo out here on the island and put the waiters on and go save some ducks and stuff like that. So that's up and coming. So wow, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff. I tell you that because it's fun. No, yeah. but it and I I would love to do this. I want to ask you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I would have shared this with you on Facebook because I don't think we knew each other yet. But a friend of mine, I'm trying to remember who it was, had like the little children's house in the backyard. Now, remember I tagged this, tagged you on this. Like somebody was like creating. Oh yeah, they converted it. They converted it. Yeah, yeah, and they put it up. It was, it was yeah. They were like, I'll find it for you. But they were being like cute about it. And why can't I think of who it was? They were being cute, like saying like um. We have a two bedroom, you know, <laughs> apartment available, like in, <laughs> yeah. you know, like in Freeport or whatever. And right. it was like funny. And, and we, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, just, you know, just bring, just bring a blanket or something like that. But so that's, that's critically important. What you guys are talking about, like, I mean, you know what? It also, can you imagine Tommy, if you brought, let's say the troops, meaning your children, <laughs> Yeah, you have four children who would what a what a jump start and what a head start. I mean, had I been involved in a cat a, a cat cooler shelter building, um, you know, workshop as a child, I would have known about it all those couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think like and I that guess is really, you know, yeah. what I'm saying like it's it's a great learning and teaching experience too. Um, I think he froze, but, or did I freeze? Everyone else is frozen. Is it just me? Oh, I'm here. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Sorry. But you know, the other, the other thing I really just want to mention while we have a minute to break is um, for all rescues out there in New York, um, dogs or cats or rabbits or ferrets, whatever, uh, and shelters, there is grant money available through the state. Um, The application is through the New York state department of agriculture and markets it's fifty thousand to two hundred thousand dollars and or anywhere in between however there's a matching component but you can fundraise it's not like you have to have that money uh, right away but um you can fundraise for that match but i just wanted to make sure everybody knows you, about that. where where is that you where where do you- uh, just google new york state um agriculture and markets companion animals grants all right. Well, we will uh, we'll try to Google all that for you. And if you um, if if you didn't hear all that, so I can post it in the comment section later. Let's do that later. Yes. Yeah, so, well, we already shared it in the. Um, oh, all right. So the community cat podcast dot com. That's the other group you're saying that does the, the trainings, right? Yes, I believe it's community cats podcast dot com. Cats, plural. There's a whole bunch of cats. <laughs> there's more than one yeah no. <laughs> all right so i will uh i'll share that on facebook did you say we're going to break valerie i did well sam told me <laughs> <laughs> so we so at, when we go to break i'm going to share the website for ridgewood rescue so you guys can all check it out but i will say on the rescue there's a whole bunch of ways for you to get involved foster tnr volunteer report astray and then there's always the write a check one too so uh <laughs> when we get back e you can tell us more about that Val, take us a break. All right. We are 
going to go to break, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to continue listening to this fabulous mission and story. And we are thrilled to have the one and only E. Garcia of Ridgewood Rescue with us today. Yay! Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. we do on the station here I, I, for some reason i just heard that our song of like calling all pet lovers like i wanted to say that it's pet, pet avengers assemble <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh all right so if you're listening we're back well we're back if you're watching too but i'm showing you the website for ridgewood rescue um you'll see uh, there was a whole bunch of cats and and i will just say i could see e and valerie while i was like while we were at break and I saw like, like the facial uh, <laughs> kind of responses of looking at these cats. Oh yeah, man! Cats have such friggin' incredible eyes. Like their yeah. eyes are like, holy cow! No wonder, like yeah. you know, the Egyptians and and them all hung out with cats, man. You know, <laughs> so they really are incredible. And and if if there's any truth, Tommy, to uh, you. Perhaps not uh, your allergies not kicking in around kittens, and I forgot the reason. I think it's because they haven't had turned their hair hasn't turned to fur or whatever. But um, the, one of my favorite part about kittens is that, like you know, their their tail is not developed yet. So it's like, I mean, obviously the whole they're not developed at all. But it's so cute because the proportion. Uh, like typically a, a cat tail is pretty long, you know, but on a kitten, it's like a stub. It, it's, <laughs> it's the cutest thing. Like a oh my God. Yeah. I, who but, told us that? Our friend, the attorney told us that down in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. She was talking about pet. She, she fostered. If only she were close to you. E. Mm. She fostered like over 80 cats and kittens during COVID. Wow. Yeah. She's That's like amazing. a beast. Yeah. A really dedicated foster. Um, you know, I, I wanted to just spit out my idea before I forget, but um, I've kind of been toying with this in my mind. It's not perfect. Um, that said, I know that a lot of trappers, it, they network, right? So sometimes um, if, I, if I'm a trapper and I have uh, two appointments somewhere and I didn't get the cats that I had the appointments for, they'll put it up on a page and say, if anyone needs two appointments or whatever. And that kind of got me thinking like, what if there was, let's say, your organization, you don't have to, if you hate the idea, that's, don't do it. But what if, what if there was like um, like a center or like a like a place of, of resources, almost like a library, like a TNR library, where like, because I know trappers lend each other traps also, or like, does anyone have a drop trap because I really need one and that kind of stuff. What if there was like a like a shed or, you know, a space 
where there were these um, items that almost like a library, you know, you can borrow it and return it and everybody could pool resources with. Yeah, I have multiple things to say about that. Okay. (laughs) Neighborhood Cats does lend out traps, which is really amazing because, you know, cost is definitely prohibitive for some folks that want to help. Um, Mm -hmm. But they've got a trap bank and they lend them, which is amazing. A trap bank. Yes. Wow. All right. And then um, we had a board meeting last night. And one of the things that we talked about, we've connected with a lot of individuals that do TNR or foster with other amazing organizations um, that also want to get involved here in Ridgewood. Mm -hmm. And we are hoping to do a sort of local TNR get together where we can all connect and talk about some of the work that we've done, common problems we've come across, um, as well as, you know, since we're now an established organization, unfortunately, we've got a queue of TNR projects that is continuing to grow. But if we can connect with other certified individuals that might be able to take on some of these projects, I think Mm -hmm. that'll be a great way for us to to build upon our impact. So I got to I got to jump in here because I'm not clear on something. So If if the trapper, whether it be your organization or kind of like a, a rogue, for lack of a better word, trapper, like can't go to either the ASPCA, I think the other acronym was ACC or ACA, I forget which it was. Are they, who's actually doing the 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 work? You know, I, now I have the animal. What happens if I can't get an appointment? Because that's what I'm hearing you say. That there's is that is that correct? Am I accurate on that? Yes, that's a huge problem. The free spay-neuters are basically impossible to come by these days. But there are some really awesome local vets and organizations that are at least doing low-cost spay-neuter, which includes the vaccinations, Revolution, and the ear tip. Um, And so that's who we've been mainly using. So our two main ones are um, Helping Paw, which is actually out in East Meadow. They do a a spay-neuter clinic. I believe it's every week. Um, And they often can give us a handful of slots. And then the neighborhood vet, which is in Bushwick, just this past weekend did their first high-volume, low-cost spay-neuter specifically for rescues. What are you Uh, talking about price-wise when you say... So now I understand. So I wasn't catching the point that what you can't get access to is is free, right? So what you can get access to is... I guess it's obvious, you know, if you're willing to pay for it, but what is that cost like? And, and is there even another angle of like going, well, it'd be cool if you wrote us a check for $500 because that would get, you know, like, you know, like in nonprofit people like to go, I did that. Right. I, I wrote that check. So what exactly, cause I have no frame of reference, which means other people who are listening might have no frame of reference either. What does this even cost to have done? So it, it ranges quite a bit. Um, our two main ones range between 86 and 130, depending on wow. what services we're getting. But, you know, compared to what a private pet owning citizen would pay, that's a pretty good price. And um, that's what the majority of our donations go to are to these appointments. And then, you know, we have the handful of friendlies that we've trapped that need, unfortunately, a lot of medical attention. So vet bills are our number one expense, no question. Yeah. And so if people were to, I remember uh, I was involved with a not-for-profit. It was about uh, for breast cancer. And um, we came up with this idea. Actually, I will take credit for it because I was very proud of it. But um, we had like a table on an event that was, it said like sponsor a mammogram. This was years ago before the whole healthcare system changed. Uh, but you know, we teamed up with like Zwanger and I believe it was, I believe it was $250 or something and to, to pay for a mammogram on behalf of someone else. So I'm just thinking, and people did it. I was so happy about that. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe they could sponsor, sponsor a spay or sponsor a snip or, you know, snip whatever, but it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, in fact, even the low-cost spay-neuter uh, clinics are slammed. They are slammed. Like they can, they they'll do 50, 70, 90 cats in in one day or one weekend, and there's still a ton more need. So, um, I mean, I feel what we need most 
is is awareness on this issue because I really believe that if if everybody knew, then a lot more people would would donate. Uh, they would they would want to get hands on involved and become trappers and you know get in the trenches and build build those shelters and. I, I really feel that that's the number one priority is to really raise awareness to this issue because it Absolutely. is exploding. <laughs> it is, it is, especially with COVID. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of reports. There's the main colony that we're currently working on started mm-hmm. with just a, a couple of dumped cats, and mm-hmm. now there's 16 uh, mm-hmm. and counting because it's unfortunately become a bit of a known dumping spot. I, I think. Where, um, like, why is it a parking lot? Like, what's this? Like, what's the deal there? So it's behind a really big apartment building in our neighborhood that connects to a network of backyards. Wow. So it's a very large outdoor space. Um, but luckily, there are quite a few people in the building that care for the cats. And we were able to go and create a, a handful of insulated shelters in two areas in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's wow. definitely the other note um, to bringing awareness is Spaying and neutering your own pets is really important because (laughs) worst case, if they get out, you want to at least make sure that they're not contributing more cats to the problem because kittens born out on the street, they don't have a very high survival rate. You know, they don't have access to good food. Their parent probably, their mom probably isn't very well fed or cared for, can't sustain the life of of a, a whole litter of kittens. So the fewer kittens that can be born out on the streets, the better. And I, I, I really, I again, awareness being the, the, uh, the main issue and priority because I don't think most people understand how quickly two cats can turn into a hundred. Two cats. Yeah, let's do those numbers because we did those. We did those last year when we had um, our friend Tina Traster on the show, right? Didn't we talk oh, about? I think or, so. maybe, or maybe you and I just talked about it one day. I don't know. I, I just. Cause isn't it like, what's the thing? How often can, can a cat have a litter, you know? So one female can, can have three to four litters a year. Let's say three. I think that in okay. one litter, you have two to six kittens per litter. Are right, you can have three to four litters a year. Mm-hmm. So two if to, you have, yeah, sorry. You're good. Two to six per kid. So if you have six and you have four, that's 24 that one mom could have in one year. Yes, But so here's the interesting part. The first batch of kittens can start getting pregnant as early as four to six months. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that <laughs> that's true. the thing about rabbits. Like, is it really like, I, I know everybody makes that joke, you know, that's an old like joke. But <laughs> they, all right, sounds like cats are in the same, same world as far as that goes. Yes. Well, that's why it can get exacerbated so fast like that. It's just yep. like, forget about it. Wow. It's, it's and that's also why, why winter is a really important TNR season, because you want to try to get as many cats in, in a colony fixed before kitten season. Right. Right. Although I do feel like there's, it's almost kitten season year round at this point. It's I, mean, true. I hate to say it, but it's true. And I really want to thank you, E. And I, I mean, we're not done. I should probably wait till towards the end, but I'm always afraid of getting stuff. But I really want to thank you because uh, we talk about one person and how much one person can do. What can one person do? The ripple effect is incredible. And so what you've done was you recognize the problem that you care about. You said, uh-uh, we're going to have to do more than status quo and, and look at all that you're doing. You know, like you have your now organization, you're out there, boots on the ground, you're helping the animals, you're helping your community, you're educating people. I really, I, I love people like you. Thank you. I just want to say I would be nowhere without my rescue partners. I'm not just one person doing this work. Shout so. them out, E. Who are they? Yeah. They're Franzi, Ella, and Christine. Thank you all. Frenzy, Ella, yes. and Christine. Good looking out. Like when when you all go out, is it you have uniforms? Because I would like to have a, like I would like to have a jumpsuit. Like a, uh-huh. like a Ghostbusters. I'm not saying like I'm not like a, a big time celebrity. <laughs> like I don't come with this like list of like I need, you know, green M&Ms, but just a basic, <laughs> just a basic jumpsuit with my name Tommy D on there and like your organization's logo on the back. 
nothing big. E, I'm not asking for a lot. I mean, I'll even buy it. <laughs> you just got to help me get it. Come on. Costumes and uniforms are funny, Val. You know it. You know it. I did. I, did that I, was gonna, well. I did. What, oh, we got some swag. I knew I. There it is. That's a, that's a nice hoodie. I like that. I Thank like you. It. it was a test. It was a test. Well, I got my friend, my friend, Fred Taffer, does a lot of work with nonprofit organizations, and I just hooked him up, one of my friends, to do some swag for them. So that's good stuff. But I'm thinking jumpsuit. I'm thinking like Carhartt or Dickies. And like, anyway, we got to go to break. The guy's he's being silly again. I'm sorry. (laughs) You all must like it because you keep coming back. Igor's here. Val's here. Tari D's here. We're going to break. We'll be right back. Pals. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. ever that literally is like to me the song of compassion i just feel you paid like 20 bucks for it didn't we uh i think it was nine nine dollars nine dollars i would like actually for you to listen to the whole song one day because it just keeps kind of like blossoming like a flower listen you know i meditate right i do a lot of that stuff i try to go inside so i would yeah i will just mellow out and listen to the song how long is it it's like five minutes i can i'll listen to it i'll listen to it like 19 times Perfect. (laughs) So listen, I would be remiss or we would be remiss if I didn't also bring up the fact that he is our very first non-binary guest. And I really want to bring that into the loop because A, I, I feel it's very important, but also I feel it's very connected. And again, like, you know, this show is Absolutely, we want to spotlight people who love animals and who are doing good things for the animals, regardless of of what you do for a living or whatever walk of life you're in. I I love those people. But also, you know, to me, I mean, Tommy brought it up at the beginning of the show. If if you can't be compassionate towards animals, you're probably not the compassionate towards people. And when it comes to non-binary or if you're a different religion or if you're a different, you know, ethnic background, it's all compassion. To me, that's the common thread. So again, you know, I commend you for not only, you know, what you do for the animals, but for being a thought leader and for being true to yourself. And so I would love if you could share your story. I would love for our audience to hear that too. Sure. Just about my, my understanding of my gender. Yeah, or how how you went about going out and and declaring you're non-binary before people were even really talking about it. Sure. Um, Honestly, I think if I had the vocabulary and the knowledge, I would have been out pretty much as a three-year-old. 
Um, you know, when I was in kindergarten, my parents wouldn't let me get a mohawk. And so I decided if I couldn't have a mohawk, I didn't want any hair. And I buzzed it off. <laughs> and I kept a buzz cut all of elementary school. How old were you when you buzzed your hair? I was either four or five. Oh, that's awesome. Way to go. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, you wow. know, it's always been who I am. But unfortunately, as many non-binary, trans, queer, effeminate men, anybody... Um, I was bullied a lot. And so I kind of decided that fitting in being feminine was was going to be the easier route. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until the end of 2013 that I first heard the word genderqueer. I think this was before non-binary was really a part of our, our cultural conversation. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, that's what it is. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that there were options other than male or female because I'm not a trans man. I'm also not a woman. Um, And so once I heard that was when I started, you know, learning more and seeing what felt right for me. And, you know, it's a long process. I'm still learning how to talk to people about it. I don't Mm. always feel safe bringing it up. You never know how people will react. Um, But going back to so hypocritical. I'm sorry. I just have to jump with this thought, like we, we live in this society where like on paper, everyone's like, just be true to you. And, you know, you be you and, and, you know, whatever it is, that's, you know, your calling go for it and all of that. But then when people are actually talking about what's right for them or how they really feel, then they get bullied or they get, um, you know, ostracized by their family or whatever it is. I mean, isn't that just, it's, bullshit <laughs> it is wow it's wow we don't curse on the show val i know i forgot <laughs> no but it is bullshit you're right on it totally is so i i curse too <laughs> <laughs> um i give you so much credit i mean a friend of mine who she was dating a long time and she was you know dating men and she really one day just came she said very logically she was like i'm gonna give it another six months and then i'm gonna try dating women and I was like, really? Like, that's, it's very logical. She's like, yeah, I figure like I'm doubling my ch- my chances or whatever. And she was very logical about it. And I was like, okay, but guess what? Now she, she, well, she had a girlfriend. She doesn't now, but the point is that she knows who she is and she's really happy. And isn't that what matters? Yeah. And I think going back to the compassion note, the first person you need to have compassion for is yourself. You have to be kind to yourself. And if you're curious about something, allow yourself the space to to learn more about it and give yourself space to change and, and explore. I think that's an important note for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Very special. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Compassion, sure. baby. Compassion. Yeah. That's what it's all about, damn it. <laughs> I got so so yeah, I gotta know because I have a show on Fridays. It's called Philanthropy and Focus, and I always kind of ha- have in the last segment of the show, how can we help? And right. I say that especially when it's organizations like yours that are in the nonprofit sector. How can we help? There are a million ways to help. <laughs> we only um, have three minutes. So give me right. some. <laughs> if, if you're local to, to Ridgewood or you know, we're really close to a couple of other neighborhoods. Fosters. We need fosters because, you know, if we pick up a sociable cat, we don't really have a place for them to go if we don't have a foster home. So that's something that we're really, really trying to build up right now is our network of fosters. That's one way Um, you can follow us on socials. It's always helpful to have a wider audience so you can help us share our adoptable cats and you can learn more about the work that we're doing and how you can get involved. So following us is always helpful. Um, signing up to volunteer. I've had some wonderful wonderful folks who have offered to even just have conversations if they're not local to the area to chat about fundraising best practices or email or website, anything like that, because I'm I'm learning on the fly, you know, yeah. um, and and any advice I can get is really helpful. Um, and sure. finally, of course, donate. Uh, as I said, our spay neuter is not free. Our TNR stuff is not free. So without donations, we can't do this work quite literally. So literally money. All right. So here's a couple of things I got. Follow you. It's Ridgewood rescue everywhere, right? That's what we're looking for. Ridgewood rescue. 
That's the first thing. Follow. Second thing is with your permission, I'd like to buy you a membership, your organization, a membership in the Queens Chamber of Commerce. I'm very well connected to the Queens oh, Chamber yeah, at the highest level. And the CEO is a friend of mine. And Brendan Levy is another buddy of mine who runs their business development. So I'd like to do that. That's kind of you. That's yeah. so kind. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll, yes, talk about- Tommy <laughs> we'll talk about that about that offline. And then the last one is donate, which they can do right through the website. And the website is RidgewoodRescue.com. E- or Venmo. Venmo is oh, right. I saw that. It's like an at Ridgewood Rescue, I think I saw, right? On the website while I was looking at it. Yeah. So look, that's that's E. That's how the world, the universe is working, right? I got this email from QNS.com. I saw they, they featured your, you and your organization, and that's how quick things happen. So we're glad you're now a friend of the show. I don't promise these things like coming out and building igloo coolers into structures <laughs> unless I'm really going to do it. So we'll do a day of service like that. We'll figure out, you know, get the logistics. Uh, if that, Next time Valerie is in New York, we'll get her out to build some stuff. And she just wants to do that that Woody Woodpecker trap. Like I saw her like I saw her face light up. She's like, and then you go hide behind the building and then you pull the string. I mean, like, I'm like, That's a, I'm not real sure you're doing this to be nice or not. I think you're being a little sticky. <laughs> but but well, I will make Val do some work with us when she comes back. I want to just thank you for being here. Val, I want to thank you for sharing this. This is your vision. I'm just being part of it. And I dig you and I dig Thank you for having me. Thank you. E. You guys are yeah. awesome. So before we go, just want to say next week on the show, Sandy Weaver will be here. She has been involved with dog sports and Siberian Huskies. And she's actually, she's a judge, Val, right? An AKC judge. We'll talk about yes. that next week. We don't have the time, but check in with us on the show. I, I leave you with this, as I do every week. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Make it a great day, everybody. Amen. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, Gandhi. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway 
to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 